1: Ukraine worries about cyber attacks in conjunction with tomorrow's Independence Day holiday. The U.S. Navy investigates the possibility of cyber attack in this week's Malacca Straits collision. Zscaler finds more malicious apps in Google Play. New York State's Department of Financial Services cyber regulations begin to take effect Monday. Delaware is also stepping up data security regulations. And ISIS continues its inspiration online as police in many countries scramble to follow the caliphate's messaging. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire Summary for Wednesday, August 23, 2017. Ukrainian security firm ISSP adds its voice to those warning that it sees signs of an impending wave of cyberattacks on that country. Ukraine's Independence Day will be celebrated tomorrow, August 24th, and politically motivated or state-directed cyberattacks have in the past coincided with major holidays. The U.S. Navy's investigations into this week's collision between the destroyer USS John S. McCain continue, as does the sad work of recovering the sailors who lost their lives in the incident. Much talk centers on issues of basic seamanship, China's Navy suggesting that the Americans are too overstretched to be good sailors. But U.S. Navy officials say they haven't ruled out the possibility of cyberattack. Note possibility. It's early in the investigation, and consideration of cyberattack is a sensible measure. There are some anonymous reports circulating that discount the possibility of a cyberattack, but these are preliminary and lightly sourced. We'll continue to follow this aspect of the developing story. The past two weeks have seen a flurry of problematic apps discovered in Google's Play Store and then ejected by Google once researchers identify the threats. Security firm Zscaler today announced that on August 21st it found two more malicious apps in Google Play. The first one they uncovered was an app called Earn Real Money Gift Cards, which, as one might suspect from the grifter's come-on of a name the author gave it, was a variant of the familiar bank bot. So Zscaler's researchers went a bit further and looked for some of the Earn Real Money Gift Cards author's other work. They found one which promised not easy money but easy fun. Bubble Shooter Wildlife. It looks like a kid's game with a cute cartoon bluebird beckoning players in. In fact, of course, it's malware. When you download and start the game after about 20 minutes, it shows what appears to be a legitimate Android system alert. For applications to work properly, enable Google Service. Should you click OK, you'll be taken to a series of screens that mimic a Google menu, including a convincing copy of Google Terms and Conditions. Should you agree to enable the bogus but plausible Google service, you will find you've allowed the malware to abuse Google's legitimate accessibility service to download other programs at will. Zscaler calls this abuse of accessibility service unique, which of course is a large claim, but the researchers do seem to have found something unusual and dangerous. Accessibility service is intended for use only to help users with disabilities use Android devices and apps. Users should be wary, and researchers might be on the lookout for similar tactics used by other malware authors. Taking a quick look at our CyberWire event tracker, the fourth annual Cybersecurity Conference for Executives is coming up September 19th. It's co-sponsored by Compass Cybersecurity and the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. The CyberWire is proud to be a media sponsor of the event. Tony DeBura is from the Johns Hopkins University, and he joins us to tell us about the event.
0: The theme this year is Emerging Global Cyber Threats. We're hosting the one-day conference on the campus of the Johns Hopkins University at Homewood here in Baltimore. What we hope to do is give our our attendees uh, a a broad overview of what's going on in cybersecurity and things that they should be paying attention to uh, from the point of view of their enterprise and just give them uh, some, uh, some useful information, opportunities to network with experts in the field, uh, with researchers, and kind of be their radar for what might lie ahead uh, in the cybersecurity terrain.
1: Give us a quick overview of about uh, some of the speakers that you have lined up.
0: Our keynotes are retired Brigadier General Guy Walsh, who's an advisor to the deputy commander uh, of U.S. Cyber Command at Fort Meade. And our other keynote speaker is Stephanie Reel, who's the uh, Chief Information Officer for Johns Hopkins University and Health Systems. She's going to talk about managing an enterprise where there are mixed cultures, which is all too common out there. Uh, in the case of Johns Hopkins, it's uh, the cultures of a healthcare system with all of the regulatory, uh, environment, uh, healthcare aspects as well as a research university. Uh, so she's going to be describing the challenges associated with uh, providing the IT infrastructure and how Johns Hopkins deals with that. And then we have a number of other speakers in all kinds of areas. The, the agenda is, uh, is far-reaching uh, over the course of the day. Of course, uh, under the theme of emerging global threats, we will have uh, uh, talks on social engineering, cloud security and some of the threats that people should be aware of. Uh, We're going to have a talk on the Internet of Things. We're going to have a talk on uh, legal aspects of privacy, building uh, a cybersecurity program, and a panel session on emerging regulations. So uh, it's going to be an exciting day. And the way we've designed it is so that people can get a lot of information in a relatively short period of time.
1: That's Tony DeBura from the Johns Hopkins University. You can find out more about the fourth annual Cybersecurity Conference for Executives, co-sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute and Compass Cybersecurity at thecyberwire.com slash jhucompass. You can find out how to get your event listed on our CyberWire event tracker at thecyberwire.com slash events. U.S. state governments are continuing to fill gaps in cybersecurity standards of care. Where California had led with privacy protections, two other states are moving into other regulatory areas. New York State's Department of Financial Services on March 1st of this year promulgated a set of cybersecurity regulations, 23 NYCRR Part 500. The regulations were released with an announced set of phases for implementation. The first phase becomes effective this Monday, August 28, 2017, on which day affected companies will be expected to be in compliance. Full compliance will be required by March 1, 2018, coincidentally just two months before GDPR takes effect. In the first phase of the New York Regulations implementation, non-exempt organizations will be expected to have seven mandated measures in effect. The sections that go live Monday include a cybersecurity program in which organizations must create a program related to the risk assessment that will become effective in Phase 2. Second, organizations must have and maintain policies and procedures relevant to certain specified cybersecurity practices, including incident response and network monitoring. Third, if you haven't got one, you'll need a CISO. Interestingly, that person could be provided by a third party to whom the CISO must report will be established in Phase 2. The fourth measure deals with access privileges. It requires that the enterprise be able to establish a privileged access management system. The next section deals with cybersecurity personnel and intelligence. It requires putting trained personnel in place, as was the case with the CISO. Such personnel could come from a third party, a managed security services provider, for example. Next is an incident response plan, an obvious requirement designed to foster resilience and recovery. And finally, affected organizations must alert the superintendent of financial services within 72 hours when it suffers a cyber event that affects normal business operations or requires the organization to alert any other regulatory body. New York law and regulation are particularly important to the financial sector. Delaware law is important to U.S. corporations generally. That state has enacted tighter data privacy protection rules. Effective now, anyone doing business in Delaware who maintains personal information must safeguard it. A breach of security is now defined as including the unauthorized access, use, modification, or disclosure of personal information and the information that is included in the definition of personal information. The law legally defines encryption and creates a safe harbor if data exposed in a breach is encrypted. It also strengthens consumer protections in privacy matters. Expect more such legislation and regulation from these and other states. The CyberWire is in Palo Alto today for the Chertoff Group's event, Security in the Boardroom. We expect to learn from the experts presenting more about how evolving concepts of risk management and security responsibility are playing out in corporate boards. Investigation into jihadist attacks in Spain continue as ISIS and coincidentally the Taliban step up their efforts at recruitment and inspiration. Indonesian authorities are working to counter an increased use of social media in radicalization. The U.S. is pressuring Pakistan to pull back what the U.S. sees as the quasi-official support for extremism emanating from that country. Joining me once again is Johannes Ulrich. He's Dean of Research at the Sands Technology Institute, and he also hosts the ISC Stormcast podcast. Uh, Welcome back. Thanks for having me. So today we wanted to talk about some attacks against Uber driver accounts. Tell us what we need to know about here.
2: Yeah, what we are seeing is that social engineering is used in order uh, to get uh, passwords from Uber drivers and train their accounts. The way this works is that the criminal will ask for a ride with Uber, and when you do that, you have the ability to contact a driver via the app, uh, essentially keeping your own caller ID and such anonymous. Now, they use this to then call the driver, claim that they they're actually working for Uber and uh, that uh, they're going to send them and text message uh, to then identify the driver now that text message is actually a password reset text message typically sent from an email account uh, like a gmail and that is then used to take over the driver's email account which in turn then allows the hacker to reset the driver's uber password and train their earnings into a different account so not highly technical this attack. But what we see a lot really is that these social engineering attacks always work and are really difficult
1: to defend against. And so how would an Uber driver protect themselves against something like this? It's
2: really just up to the Uber driver to recognize that this is not a valid call from Uber itself. And that's the hard part. There is really no technical defense against these type of attacks. They actually do bypass two-factor authentication here in some way uh, because Google does send that text message, but the Uber driver doesn't recognize the text message as coming from Google and expects it to come from Uber.
1: Is there anything that Uber could do on their side to, to help better protect the driver's uh, identity?
2: Uber could uh, probably better identify and uh, educate drivers how to uh, recognize uh, calls coming from Uber. Also, whenever a significant change is made to the account, like in this case, I believe in some countries, it's even possible to redirect uh, the earnings uh, to a prepaid credit card. So uh, if a significant change is made like this uh, to notify the driver and maybe also hold off on the change for a day or two to allow the driver to intervene if they don't really want this change to be made
1: all right it's an interesting story johannes ulrich thanks for joining us are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program with the largest network of trust centers vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust save time and close deals fast And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmaza's here, your host over at T-minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans too. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations.